So two weeks ago, I started a, a teaching about the kingdom of God in us. What we just did for this kid, for Jesse, was release the kingdom of God that's already in us. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God that's in us tonight. We're going to talk about what that means and how we've been called to walk with the kingdom of God and release the kingdom of God everywhere we go. So I'm going to read a couple scriptures to get going. The first one is Luke. I shared these last time, but I want to share these couple of scriptures again. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. Now when he, this is referring to Jesus, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and he said, the kingdom of God does not come by observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the religious people of the day, and they're looking for signs of the of the the kingdom of God. They're looking for signs of the Messiah that they've been waiting for. Jesus said, stop looking for signs. Stop looking at the signs of the sky, the signs of the day, the signs of the time like we do here in the the era that we're living in now. And he said, you don't need to look around. Don't look any further. Because that kingdom of God that you're looking for is within you. As I was preparing this today, I was just thinking about the time that this was spoken. Jesus hadn't yet even finished the plan of redemption. But he knew the plan. He was in that position and he knew what was to come. And he said that the kingdom of God is within, within us. Now I want to define the kingdom of God because this is, this is where it gets amazing to me. First of all, that word kingdom, you can, you can break it apart and see it is the king's domain. Kingdom. The king's domain. King Jesus's domain. The kingdom of God, as it says on your paper, is the royal power and authority of King Jesus over the kingdom of darkness. Now that makes sense. When Jesus was on this earth, he was completely dependent on the Holy Spirit to work through him. And the the power and authority that he had went out and he saw it effective all over, all around him. But Jesus didn't say the kingdom of God is in me. He said, the kingdom of God is in you. There's another scripture. It's not on your paper. But it talks about why Jesus was manifest. Why he was made in, why he was a man on this earth. It's 1 John 3, verse 8. And it says, the Bible says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of God. Of darkness, the works of the devil. So again, that goes back to the royal power and authority of Jesus over the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. But now, Romans 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore, don't let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness 
and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. So Jesus said the kingdom of God is within us. And here it's talking about the kingdom of God. It's not what you put from the outside in. It's not eating and drinking. It's not what you do. But it's what is in us. It's what he has done. It's who we have become. We're new. We're not the same. We've been created anew. We've been reborn. We're new creations. The old has passed away. And all has become new. And this scripture says, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's within us. So if the kingdom of God is the royal power and authority of King Jesus over the kingdom of darkness, and that's in us, we can enact, we can, it, we can be empowered through righteousness, through peace, through joy, which resides in us because the Holy Spirit resides in us. This is a new, um, for me, for Cindy, this is a new layer of revelation that has been um, growing in me. And this is it. You know the gift, or the fruits of the Spirit? Joy, peace, love, um, gentleness, kindness, self-control, um, faithfulness. There's probably more. But you you know the fruits of the Spirit. I always used to teach that the fruits of the Spirit were were kind of in seed form. And in order for them to be cultivated, we needed to do the cultivating and we needed to grow that rich fruit. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say they're seeds in the Spirit. The Bible says it's fruit of the Spirit. So the revelation that I believe that I was, I, that is deepening in me is that it's already there. The fullness, not a little bitty measure, but the fullness of the Holy Spirit, righteousness, peace, joy, love, gentleness, kindness, all of it, it's already there. We just don't know the full depth of the truth. And because we don't know it, we're, people perish from lack of knowledge. Or people don't have the fullness of knowledge to use it in a really powerful, effective way. So the last time I shared, I talked about righteousness. And the bottom line, the bottom line is we're not righteous because of who we are. We're righteous because of what Jesus did to remove the sin barrier so that we could be reconciled to God. We were made righteous. We have become righteous. And it's who we are now. It's our state of being. It's important to know that because in order to receive the healing that Jesus paid for, We need to have faith. And we can't have faith to receive if we don't think we're not worthy to receive. So it's important to know our righteousness. Today we're going to talk about peace. So I want to give you, first of all, the world view of peace. And I want to show you how that's only partially true. Because the devil has whitewashed the fullness of the truth. So I'm going to give you the world view and I'm going to give you the God's view. 
So the worldview of peace is a state of tranquility or serenity. It's a state of mutual harmony between people or groups. Like, I'm at peace with my husband. I'm at peace with my family. So it's mutual harmony between people or groups, especially in personal relationships. Peace is also the normal, non-warring condition of a nation or a group of nations or the world. So right now the United States is kind of at peace. I mean, we're not in a war. Well, kind of we are. And our nation's in a mess right now. We know that. But peace is when there's no war in in the nation. Another piece of the definition, the worldview of peace, is cessation of or freedom from any strife or dissension. So if you don't have strife, you're at peace. I often... um, um, realize that my home is a home of peace. When I walk into my home, I just, oh, I love being in my home. It's filled with peace. There's no strife. And if there is strife, it has to go in a hurry because it doesn't, it, I, don't, I don't let it stay. So peace is cessation or no, a lack of, of um, strife or dissension. And peace is also freedom of the mind from annoyance or distraction or anxiety or obsession. So in a very personal way, peace, I can have personal peace when I don't have anxiety, when I don't have stress or strife. So that's all worldview, and it all makes sense. But listen to God's definition. Peace isn't just the absence of something. It's not just the absence of strife or the absence of war, or the absence of anxiety. According to the word, peace is the presence of a person that destroys the presence of darkness. Isn't that good? Peace is the presence of a person, and that person would be Jesus. Peace is the presence of Jesus that destroys the presence of darkness. And that takes us right back to the, the, the big definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, is our, our Savior, Jesus, who saved us from all of the effects of evil and the enemy so that we could live in peace because of his presence. Now, remember the scripture that says the kingdom of God is in us, is within us. Jesus is within us. His peace is within us. So would you look with me at this particular scripture? Because Jesus is peace. He is the presence that's, that is, um, destroys the presence of darkness. So this is a prophetic word about Jesus. This is Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. That's an Isaiah prophetic word about our Savior, Jesus. And it lists many names. One of the names that it lists is Prince of Peace, and that's the one we're going to focus on tonight. I want to give you the, the um, 
the, this is written in Hebrew. So I want to give you the Hebrew root of the words prince and peace. So the word prince means leader, the leader of peace. Jesus is the leader of peace. I just felt the anointing fall. Wow. When I say that, I, I just sense this change of the atmosphere in a good way. He wants us to settle here for a minute. Jesus is the prince of peace. The leader, the chief, the ruler, the overseer. And the word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. It's a big word. Yes, it means tranquility and peace and quiet and contentment. But it means way more than that. It means completeness, fullness, soundness in our spirit and our soul and our body. Jesus is the overseer of the wholeness of our body, the soundness of our body. It's our Lord Jesus. God, I thank you right now for your presence. I thank you right now for your tenderness, just showing us who you are in a deeper way. You are the overseer of our soundness, of our healing, of our health. That's part of shalom, guys. Health. Nothing missing and nothing broken. That's part of shalom. He is the overseer of that part of us. Peace. He's the overseer of our peace. So what I want to do now, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And I want to show you what that looks like as, it, as, it, as Jesus released it when he was walking on this earth. I'm going to share three scriptures with you. The first one is the scripture where Jesus was in the storm and he released peace and calmed the storm. This is Mark 4, verses 35 through 39. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? So put yourself in that story. The the ship or the boat was so uh, overcome with the winds and the waves that the water was coming in. They thought the boat was going to sink, and they were perishing. They thought it was unto death. It was such a huge, huge storm. And Jesus, when he awoke, he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said to them, he said to the sea, peace, be still. Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the ruler, the chief, the overseer of peace. And he said, peace, be still to the storm. And it stopped. It completely stopped. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. So here's the key. When Jesus released that peace, he overcame the storm. He didn't just help them to get through the storm. Let me say that again. He didn't 
just help them get through the storm. He overcame the storm. The storm ceased. That word peace means in in this, because this is Greek, it means to be silent, to be calmed. When he released his peace, the storm was calmed. We're going to relate this to us because we have that in us. We have that peace in us, the full measure that Jesus carried. The next scripture reference that I want to share is in Luke chapter 7. And this is a, uh, this, the account where there was a woman. It was, the, it was right before Jesus was going to um, be crucified. And this woman, it, it doesn't say what her sin was, but it said that she was a sinner. And she came to Jesus. And she was weeping. And she was crying and washing his feet with her tears and wiping it with her hair. And then she took the alabaster flask and broke it and poured it over Jesus' feet. Maybe over all of them, but I know over his feet. And when she did, there was a big commotion because they thought that, that she was being frivolous with this expensive, expensive oil. And Jesus stopped and he said, no, let her do this. She's anointing me, basically, for, for after my death. But then this is what Jesus spoke to her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Here's a woman that was so distraught with her yuck that she had lived in. The terrible life that she'd lived. That she was literally crying and and, and repenting and at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said, it's okay. And if you read the whole account, he says, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, your faith, your faith has saved you. And that word saved is the word sozo. It's a big word. That word sozo means saved, healed, and delivered. Your faith has saved you, healed you, and delivered you. And then he says, go in peace. Now, the word in, in that scripture, a better um, translation of that word is into. He really didn't say go in peace. He said go into peace. So as I'm just, just thinking about this whole story of this woman with Jesus, and he forgives her, and he, and he says, your faith has sozoed you. And then he says, go into peace. It's like, it's a whole new world for her. She's not that old person anymore. She's a new person. And she, when, I, when I see her going into peace, it's almost as if, as if it's tangible. And it's, I, I just envision this, like this fog but a good one, a Holy Spirit fog. You know, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit was manifest, many times there was this, this uh, uh, cloud of glory. And I just see her just moving into this place of a cloud of glory, of the peace of God. And the next one is very similar. It's the woman with the issue of blood. We know the story well. The woman goes to Jesus and she says, if only I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I would be healed. And she 
pushes her way through the crowd, even though she's not supposed to be in the crowd, and she reaches down and touches the hem of the garment of Jesus. And when she does, the virtue goes out of Jesus. She knows she's healed. She knows the bleeding is stopped. She knows something's happened. And so does Jesus. He senses the the power going out of him. And he stops and he asks, who touched me? And when when the woman comes before him and says, it was me and I was healed, this is the words he spoke. He said to her, daughter, he called her daughter. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. The words made whole are also sozo. She was also sozoed, saved, healed, and delivered. And Jesus said the same thing, go into peace. It was a new life. She wasn't just healed of the affliction. She had encountered Jesus and the peace of Jesus. So that was Jesus, the Prince of Peace. That was Jesus who who carried the royal power and authority to overcome the works of darkness. But here's where it relates to us. Jesus purchased our peace. It's part of redemption. In the Isaiah prophecy in chapter 53, we we quote this scripture a lot in here because it has, by his stripes, we're healed in this scripture. But I'm going to read verse 5, chapter 53, verse 5, and you'll see that there's a whole lot more than physical healing in this redemption scripture. It's a prophetic word about our Lord Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So in this one verse, guys, in this one verse, we see so much of the redemption of Jesus. We see forgiveness. He was wounded. He was crushed for transgressions and iniquities. Transgressions are those things where we miss it. We miss it. He was wounded once and for all. He doesn't have to keep being wounded and keep being bruised. Once and for all, he paid the price for all of our sin and for all iniquity. Iniquity are those generational things that follow families. They're often generational perversions like addictions, propensity towards addictions, propensity towards um, things like Uh, sexual sin, and things like that. But Jesus paid the price for it. Once and for all. We have been redeemed. It's past tense. E-D. From sin and from iniquities. But that's not all. That scripture says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. That word chastisement means he paid the price. He paid the penalty. That we owed. He took the judgment and he bought peace for us. That word peace is shalom. He is the prince of peace. He is the overseer of our shalom 
And he purchased it for us. And then it goes on and it says, And by his stripes we are healed. It's all part of the redemptive work of Jesus. So that's a prophetic word. But I'm going to show you where it was fulfilled. In John 14 and 16... Um, chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, John, 14, 15, 16, and 17, all take place the night before Jesus dies. Those four chapters are precious because Jesus is giving us his final words. And there's a lot of good stuff that's shared. Those four chapters, go and read them and just soak in the last things that Jesus taught while he was on this earth. In chapter 14, This is what Jesus told his apostles. And it's for me too. It's for you too. He says, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. And that word give, in another translation, it says bequeath. Bequeath. The word bequeath means I leave it as an inheritance. Remember, Jesus is the prince of peace. And he's leaving us his perfect peace as an inheritance. He says, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Instead, let my peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. The peace of God, the peace of Jesus, his perfect peace, is our inheritance. He's given it to us. And as I've read all these chapters, I believe that's the only thing he really gave us. That he spoke out. We know that he paid for our our forgiveness. We know that he paid for our healing. But he spoke this to the apostles. And he said, this is what I'm leaving you. This is what I'm bequeathing you. I think we need to pay attention. And then it says, it will calm us. This peace, this supernatural peace that we have will calm us in every circumstance. That's good news. And it will give us courage and strength for every challenge. So think where you're at right now. What is the circumstance that you need calmed down about? What is the the challenge that you need courage and strength for? It's here. It's right here in our midst. You know, there's a a truth that when we speak, whatever we speak about, whatever we speak about that's from the word is present right here in the atmosphere. And I think we're all sensing it. The peace to give us courage and strength. The peace to calm us. It's powerful. The title of this message is The Power of Peace. In, the, in John 16, verse 33, it goes on. It says, I have, Jesus is speaking. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you have tribulation. Many of us are living through tribulation right now. In the world, you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But, the word but changes everything. But, be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. 
My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. Yea, God. So it's all about his peace. He's talking about in me you have perfect peace. And then he goes on. And because of his perfect peace, we can be courageous. We can be confident. We can be undaunted. We can even be filled with joy in the midst of the trial. That's what I'm going to share next week or the next time I share. I'm going to be talking about the joy that's within us. And then Jesus said, listen, guys, it's done. I fought it for you. The conquest is is accomplished. And my victory is abiding. Yay. Yay. Now, both of those scriptures happened before Jesus actually paid the price. But then he did. Then he paid the price. After he paid the price in full for our inheritance. After he took the stripes on his back. After he was despised and shamed and spit upon. After he was crushed for our sin. And after he was crucified. After he went to hell. After he was separated from his father as just payment for all of our sins. After he was resurrected from the dead, he imparted that peace upon his apostles. Listen to this. This is John 20. This is after he was resurrected. So when it was evening on that same day, the first day of the week, It was the day he rose from the dead. Though the disciples were meeting behind barred doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace to you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. And then Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He imparted that peace. He purchased it. It's part of redemption. And after he did the work, he came back and he breathed it into the apostles. That is known as their rebirth. That moment of time is when they were born again. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, when you declared your belief in him, when you first of all believed it in your heart and then declared it and confessed it, That happened to you. That happened to me. The peace of Christ, the powerful, full measure of peace was imparted into you and I. That's part of what happened when we were reborn. There was way more than that. But that's part of what happened. So we have that peace. We have the full peace of Jesus within us. And it's powerful. 
the peace of God that's part of the kingdom that resides in us is a conduit for the power of God to flow through. Romans 16.20. This is a good nugget. This scripture you probably want to write down and keep it with you. Listen to this. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Isn't that a good scripture? The peace of God will soon crush Satan under whose feet? Under Jesus' feet? No, under our feet. Because the kingdom of God resides in us. And we have the same royal power and authority over the kingdom of darkness that Jesus carried. He said, in, in the, when he was talking to the apostles, he says, now I send you. And now he sends us. And just as it was, just as Jesus was manifest to, to overcome the, the works of the enemy or the power or whatever the John, first John 3, 8 said, we're in that same position today as believers. And it's not, it's not on our strength or our power or our ability. It's God in us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And peace is power. I want to define the word crush. It says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. The word crush means break down. So take that thing that the enemy's trying to put on you or get you to buy or get you to receive and say, oh, no, it's broken down. It's broken in pieces. Listen to this one. It means to put Satan underfoot and, as a conqueror, trample on him. Hallelujah. So that treasure that's in us that's called peace is more powerful than any storm of life that you may be going through. Peace is the power to overcome the storm, just like Jesus did. Not just get through it. The peace that resides in us is the royal power and authority of King Jesus to break down the power of darkness. It overcomes the storm. Peace overcomes storms. It doesn't just help you get through them. Many times when we pray for peace, we just want, we just want a calmness so that we can get through this thing. But that's not the full definition, the full meaning of peace. The full meaning of peace isn't just to get through it. It's to overcome it. When the storm is in control, we're in fear. But when the kingdom of God that's in us is in control, the demonic is in fear. So let's put the demonic in fear tonight. We're going to do that in a minute. The kingdom of God within us is so much stronger than the kingdom of darkness. It's not our strength. It's the kingdom of God's strength that's in us. So when we, we're, when we go into the ministry time tonight, we're going to activate the peace that's within us. We're going to release it like Jesus did. Jesus said, peace be still, and the storm was overcome. So in faith, that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell those storms in our life to be still, to release peace that's in us, the powerful peace that is in us, say, peace, be still, and expect it to be overcome. 
I heard a, a teacher say this, and it was really good. He says, when a Christian gets squeezed, peace should come out. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. The devil's not going to like us tonight at all. So in your box, in, at the bottom of your paper, there are some, some nuggets from this teaching that I think are really powerful that I just want to just review, and, and I want them to be in front of your face because these are really good. The kingdom of God and his peace resides in us. When the kingdom of God is in control, and it's in us, so when the kingdom of God in us is in control, the demonic is in fear. So release peace into the darkness, into the storm of your life. Release the power of the Prince of Peace within you. And the God of Peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen. Amen. So this is, the, this is um, what I'd like to do. We're gonna, I've got a, an amazing, new, brand new Bethel song. I, I just heard it for the first time when I was looking for a song for tonight. And it's called Peace Be Still. <laughs> How perfect. So it's, it's a beautiful worship song. So we're just going to speak that out, sing that out, get it in our, our soul. And then we're going to go into ministry time. And we're going to pray for those storms in your life and release peace into them. His love, his peace. Faith rise up. Our hearts believe. Let faith rise up in us. He spoke to the woman with the issue of blood. He spoke to the sinner. And he said, your faith has saved you. Go into peace. Guys, you don't have to be a superstar of faith. You're here. You, you're taking a step. And God meets you right there. Your faith has saved, healed, and delivered you. Go into peace. Father, I thank you right now for the presence of your peace. But we don't have to do anything super duper to get there because you're in us, God. Jesus, your peace resides in us. It's our inheritance. Right now, we acknowledge it. Right now, we say, okay, God, I might not understand it. I might not even feel it. But your word says it, so I believe it. Your peace is in me. The full measure of the Prince of Peace is in me. The kingdom of God is in me with the royal power and authority of King Jesus. He gave me the deputy badge. He gave me the power of attorney. And I can carry it and enforce it over the power of darkness that's trying to attack my life. So I'm going to pray right now. And I'm going to release peace into the storms of lives right now. The first thing I want to release peace into is the disease of cancer. Jesus was manifest to 
to defeat the works of the enemy. He came for a big purpose and he he didn't die in vain. He died so that we could benefit. So right now, I release peace into your body. If your body has diseased cells in it according to the doctor, I release the power of peace and I say cancer, be still. I say I release peace and I say peace. Quiet down that cancer, still that cancer, kill that cancer. Overcome the cancer. When Jesus released peace into the storm, it was overcome. So I release peace right now into anybody that has cancer in it. I release the peace of God, the power of the peace of God to overcome the cancer, to destroy it, to enforce the destruction of the enemy's plan. We come in agreement with you, God. May the peace right now of God and the power that's in that peace just flood you like from the top of your head to the tips of your toes, through every organ, every cell, every tissue, every system of your body. May it just flow through your body, overcoming the works of darkness, overcoming cancer. We believe you, God. release peace right now into situations in our lives that are stressful and, and chaotic and, and um, heavy burdened. I say peace be still. Peace be still. Shalom. Soundness and completeness come. Remember, peace isn't the absence of something. Peace is the presence of a person that overcomes the presence of darkness. So when we say peace, be still to those situations. The power of the presence of Jesus overcomes the enemy's plan in in that part of your life. Just vision that. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Prince of Peace. I release peace right now into parts of your body that may be pain, in pain. Whether it's your stomach and your digestive system or any other part of your body. But that's the specific one that I'm feeling right now. So I just speak right now over the digestive system and I say peace. I release peace in your digestive system. May it just calm down and settle down as the presence of Jesus overcomes whatever the issue is. In Jesus' name. I'm going to speak over the physical heart right now. Is there anybody that has any issues with their heart? Stand up. I'm going to speak directly to that right now. I speak to the heart right now. 
And I, I release peace. I say peace. Peace. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you that Kim's heart is steadfast as your peace just takes care of any issues with her heart. In Jesus' name. And Lisa, I release peace right now into your heart. Peace. Be still. Flooding us with your peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I speak peace right now over the, the emotional heart. Just lay your hand on your own heart if you know that you need this. I speak peace right now over your emotional heart. And I say, peace, be still. Remember that peace is not just an absence of stress or strife or or hurt or woundedness. It's way more than that. It's the presence of a person within you to overcome the works of darkness. He's a miracle-working God. I thank you, Father for healing the hearts as your peace is released. I speak over you, Laura, right now, and I release peace into your body. The presence of King Jesus, the Prince of Peace, over the work of darkness, over cancer, I release peace in your body, and it's powerful. When Jesus released peace to the storm, the storm was overcome. So as we release peace right now, as uh, uh, the ambassadors of Christ, as we release peace, cancer has to bow. We call cancer overcome by good, overcome by peace, overcome by King Jesus. Overcome by the Prince of Peace. And I speak over you too, Johnny. Same thing. Ho ho. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Prince of Peace, we release you. We know you're there. We're acknowledging your fullness. We're we're acknowledging your presence. We're acknowledging your finished work. We're acknowledging the power of peace right now. And we thank you that the power of your peace destroys leukemia. That the power of your peace destroys the work of darkness. That the presence of a person overcomes the presence of darkness in your body, Jenny. Jesus was on that cross he said it is finished 
he completed the work of redemption. And as we stand here together united in faith, there is great power. We simply believe and receive what Jesus did. speak over two more things. The first one is brain fog. That's what I wrote down. Brain fog or difficulty processing or keeping your thoughts together or memory or um, just you don't feel like you're all there. If that's you, would you stand up? Okay. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I say peace be still. Peace be still. Brain fog. Go away. Be cleared out with the peace of God, with the power of the peace of God. When we wake up in the morning and it's a foggy day, the sun usually breaks through mid-morning. And there's this beautiful, bright, shining light that comes through and the fog is just, it just dissipates. That's what I'm envisioning right now. That the brain fog, the brain fog issue is, is being uh, just dried up with the fire of the love of God, with the fire of the peace of God. The son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Thank you, Lord. So I speak right now over your brain and I call your brain um, uh, mm, re uh, rewired isn't the right word. Uh, a shift. A shift. Where whatever was causing all that brain fog is there's a shift and there's clarity. I, I release clarity with that power of peace. Clarity of thinking. Clarity of remembering. Clarity of expressing your thoughts. Clarity of understanding but also expressing what's in your head. And an ability to track. one more I, I, as I was praying this morning this is, the, this is what I heard God's whisper is more powerful than the enemy's shout but we need to listen and know God's love just trust it God's whisper is Louder than the enemy shout. The enemy is a good shouter. And he can get so in our face with circumstances and with situations and with sicknesses and pain and all that stuff that it's so loud that we don't, we don't hear the whisper of God. But God wants you to know that his whisper is more powerful than the enemy's shout. 
So just meditate on that through the week. So Pastor Tim, is there anything you would like to pray for before we bless the people? something he wants to share. I don't know whether we have a capacity, I'm sure Kent does, her husband, to make CDs, but if one were available, that one should be made a CD that you could give to people with any kind of disease, but especially cancer. That was wonderful. I was researching, I have a friend of mine that's got Parkinson's disease, which has shaking part of a manifestation. And I was researching it, and the Lord gave me those three words, peace be still. And he said to me, those words, those three words spoken to someone with disease could heal them. Simple three words. Peace be still. I just want to give you a little teaser for next week. Share with you. I was trying to figure out how old I was. I I'm 83. I'm thinking, how old was I when this happened? I think I was about 30. But uh, I'll give it to you this way. If I were to ask you, what's the significant most experience of your life? Especially spiritual, but not necessarily limited. To, if I were to just think about that for a moment. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. What is the single most significant spiritual experience of your life short of coming to faith in Christ? That is, of course, always number one. For some of you, it would be healing. I don't know, it could be any one of a number of things. But for me, it was an experience which I think was about when I was about 30-something called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Or the Bible calls it being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, I knew almost nothing about it, but I knew in my spirit it was God because it's in the Bible. And that's what I'm going to share with you next week. I, I remember that just as if it was yesterday, I was driving to work at the tech center. And all of a sudden, God filled me with his spirit. I had had two classes, just two classes. I just barely knew there was such a thing as being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. But I knew in my spirit it was God. And I was hungry, I wanted it. I was saved, I knew Jesus, but I knew there was something missing in my life. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. And as I drove down Garfield Road, just like it was yesterday, 50-some years ago, I guess, I get a heavenly new prayer language. 
which has probably been the most powerful weapon against my battle against the enemy. And the first thing the enemy did was to say, you're making that up. I said, no, this is God. And to this day, I guess some 50 years later, that single experience driving to work on Garfield Road that day remains the most significant event of my life. It changed me completely. It empowered me to do things that I had never even dreamed of. I saw miracles. I saw eyes opened, ears opened, cancer healed. And the best is yet to come. Well, I'm going to share with that with the next couple of weeks the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to do a little bit of cramming for finals, no, nobody's ever flunked my class. Read the Acts of the Apostles 1 and 2. As I'm going to talk about that I had the same experience, in essence, as the apostles did. And you can have it too. It's called being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. It changed my life. I could tell you a few stories which would make you believe it. But the Holy Spirit is such, he's so real. So now I invite you to come back. If you're hungry for more, after being fed like that, you got a banquet today. Cindy, you did a wonderful job. Give her a hand. The Holy Spirit is real. He's real. You can talk to Him. You can walk with Him. You can experience Him. And He will direct you. He'll tell you how to go. He's the power of God on earth. And I just invite you to pause with me again next week. We're going to talk to him, and I pray that his power will come here. It will be, because he's in you. He's in you, so if you come, the Holy Spirit will be here. If you come, Jesus will be here. If anybody here tonight has a hernia, God will heal that. If anyone has a hernia, I've never, never announced a hernia healing. God will heal that. Any kind of a hernia. If anybody here is in pain, don't leave with pain. Anyone here in pain, just raise your hand. Anyone still with pain? Okay, Rita. Okay. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I take authority over pain. Come out. Come out, all pain. Loose the people and let them go. Jesus took our pains and he carried our diseases. And if he took your pains, you don't need it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I speak to pain. I take authority over it. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I want to say one other thing. Sid Roth, how many of you know who Sid Roth is? TV show. He had an evangelist from Alabama named Tommy Combs recently. 
prayed for 57 people who were stage 4 cancer. But he said something that struck me that ties in beautifully with what Cindy preached. He said the one single thing that people come to him the most for, the most requests he gets in the healing line, he's ministered quite widely and broadly across the world. He said people come for peace. They want peace. And sin has already told you there's only one place to get peace, and that's Jesus. And I pray that he's already in each one of you that you've received him as Lord and Savior. God bless you. If you're on our ministry team, would you stand up so people can see who you are? I, I, my badge is somewhere here, but I do have one. So we have several people here. Dale's in the back, Barb and Pat and Jenny. We're here to pray for you. We're here to talk to you, to answer your questions, to love you. So we're going to close right now, and we're going to be available for as long as you are, are, are here and want to talk or pray. So I just thank you, God, for this evening that we've had together. I thank you for your amazing goodness. I thank you that you love us so much, that you have made the way. You have completed the work of redemption. You paid the price with love. We receive it, God. We receive it with all of our heart. We receive it. I just pray a blessing over each one of us as we go out into our week that the, the, the knowing that we've received tonight goes with us and it grows deeper and deeper and deeper in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.